You are now listening to The Big Data Beard. Enjoy this episode of The Big Data Beard, recorded at Dell Technologies World. As a reminder, we are an O'Reilly Media Partner, and we encourage you to use our promo code PCBEARD at checkout for any Strata Data or AI conference hosted by O'Reilly Media. Enjoy the show. This is Corey Minton, and I am excited to announce that this is our first podcast episode that we are recording from Dell Technologies World. We are excited to be part of the Luminaries uh, Influencer Yard. We have this really fancy podcast studio, which is conference walls. It's supposed to be soundproof, but, you know, we'll settle for a uh, sound-ish proof. <laughs> Anyways, I am joined by my bearded brother from Alabama, Thomas Henson. He's going to be our co-host today. And I'm pleased to have a couple of really interesting guests. We've got Luke Van Lan from D4T4 Solutions. And we've got Mr. Chris Belsey from Dell EMC's Global Alliance's team to talk to us today about D4T4 Celebris platform. Yes. Luke, thanks for joining us. Thank you. So before we get started, you're, uh, where are you from? I am based in Chicago. Based in Chicago. Okay, cool. We like Chicago. Okay, so tell me a little bit about D4T4 Solutions, uh, where they're based, and uh, and what you do for them. Sure. So D4T4 Solutions is a UK-based company um, founded in 1985, uh, originally as a systems integrator, and um, been a Dell EMC uh, platinum-level partner for over 10 years, and um, started really in doing systems integration work, started then hosting customers in private cloud and then ultimately now we've uh, transi- transitioned excuse me into being uh, we continue to be a cloud provider and host in our private cloud we also work closely with Dell EMC on a number of in-sourced cloud projects and then we also are the uh, full owners of the Celebris customer data platform okay so Celebris customer data platform uh I don't know a lot about it. I'll be honest, we've looked at it at high level, but it looks super interesting. And one of my favorite things I heard about it was one of the our alumni from the Big Data Beard podcast, a guy named Bill Schmarzo, yes. had some very complimentary things to say about what you're doing, which made me even more interested. So, yeah. <laughs> so I'm glad to hear about it. So tell us a little bit about what is the Celebris data platform? So what it really is, is it's a real-time capture, connection, and uh, transformation and delivery platform. And so what it does is it actually uh, takes, we have a, a patented technology that's been in place for over 15 years. What it does is it goes out and without needing any tagging, it will collect digital data from mobile apps and websites, ultimately bring that information in. You can combine that with data from the programmable web and other sources, um, maybe if you're a bank, for example, with ATM data or credit card transaction data. And then ultimately, it creates individual level profiles of those um, either known or um or unknown individuals that you can then use to power your artificial intelligence and deep learning, as well as feed to your decision engines for real-time next best action. Interesting. Okay, so we're taking data from all kinds of different sources and making it available to enterprises for things like what? Like, am I, how, why would I use this data? You would use this data to do things like uncover fraudulent detection patterns, right? And ultimately, of course, improve your um, fraud loss 
you know, reduce your fraud loss. You would use it to say, I want to make a very specific specific offer to Thomas based on the fact that he was browsing for mortgages, for example, right? Um, so it's all about that individual level behavior. Okay. So, so it's a lot about the data ingestion, right? That's a big piece of it I get. So how do you guys get all this data? Is it something where you guys actually own the the sources so you have unique access to this data or is it something where your platform is just good at collecting it, this type of data? That's a, that's a really good question because that is actually a big differentiator of Celebris. With Celebris, our customers own the data. So one of the, uh, that's one unique thing is that a lot of our um, competitors, um, you have to buy the data from them when they track it. Adobe, for example, is, is a good one, right? Um, the other thing that's unique about Celebris is it can actually be de- deployed in a number of ways. It can be deployed in the cloud, so in in, the, in AWS or Azure, for example, but it can also be deployed on-premise or even in a hybrid fashion. A lot of our customers have very strict security requirements around who, uh, how their, where their PIA data lives, where their collection engines live, where their decisioning engines live. They want it all to live inside their firewall. And so with Celebris, we can accomplish that, which is why um, it's a, a very popular product in financial services, uh, large retailers and government agencies, things like that. So UK based company, you know, right now we're in uh, last day of April coming in, coming into May. I've got to ask the question. We're talking about retaining data and some of the other things. GDPR. I mean, so how, you know, what are the implications with GDPR and, you know, how, how, you know, if we're housing the data there, do you, have you started looking at how, you know, how we're going to do that, especially in a heavy re- regulated area with some of your customers? Celebris is fully GDPR compliant. And wow. So if, actually, if you go out to our website, you can, uh, you can see how it works. So that might work really good for some of the people that really like listening to this podcast. They like to touch things and try them. There's an actual GDPR demonstration on the Celebris website. Well, that's, that's interesting because I don't know, I don't know how much you've looked at some of the stats, but like, I mean, what I've seen right now is a lot of, a lot of companies aren't going to be GDPR compliant by the time, you know, th- that it goes into. So that's, that's pretty awesome to be able to turn it over to your customers and say, Hey, I got you covered, right? Yes. And what we are doing is enabling their GDPR compliance without taking, um, uh, on the, the risk associated with saying that we will make them GDPR compliant. We can give them the tools to. So essentially what happens is when somebody goes to a website that is that has the uh, Celebris tracking on it, we have the ability to set up profiles right at the beginning so we will get their consent on what we're able to collect, right? And that, as an example, there might be five different levels, right? One being don't collect anything about me, you know, do not uh, use cookies, and then just totally forget everything about me when I leave your site. All the way up to... I'm fine with you tracking whatever because I like getting personalized offers and I like the fact that you remember me the next time I come back to the site. So that's actually, you're saying that's integrated with the platform. So if I'm using Celebris, it actually gives the end user who visits that website that sort of? Yes, and every time too because that's part of the law. They have, so you could, for example, Corey, say the first time you go to a site, just say, track everything about me, right? right? But you could totally change your mind the next time you come back and say, I don't want you to track anything at all. Yeah. So that's where you need the flexibility of something like Celebris on the front end to be able to dynamically, in real time, change the collection mechanism. 
yeah, so how long have you guys been doing this? This is, I mean, did, was this something you were looking at from a privacy concern before GDPR? That's, I mean, it's pretty awesome and pretty, pretty great that you guys are already compliant there. So it, is this something you guys have done for a while? Yes, it's one of the advantages of having a lot of customers that are based in Europe <laughs> and, and a lot of big ones. That, I heard, I heard the term regulation dense earlier today. I've never heard that term. <laughs> So yeah, we've been, that's been on, it was something that, um, and I can't take credit for that, but you know, I think as much as three years ago, when people started to hear about it, some of our um, visionaries at the company said, we should really make sure that we are fully GDPR compliant. Frankly, there's been a lot of buzz about GDPR, um, and there hasn't been a lot of action in my opinion. Yeah, so it's going to be very interesting um, to see exactly what happens here, you know, within the next few weeks as it really takes full effect. Yeah, so so I, I want to dig into this because this is this is really interesting as I'm starting to understand this. So Celebris gives you the ability to collect. So you've got this collection mechanism that can be deployed. You said like on a web server, on a web app kind of thing. Or in a mobile app. In a mobile app. Okay, so some lightweight code that gets deployed in the software. Okay. Uh, what are there? Is there other data collection methodologies? Like do you support... Uh, is there other like web or other protocols that are interesting for data collection? No, we actually, it's just a, a very simple line of JavaScript, right? Okay. And, and then that enables us to capture everything. Um, if you want to capture in-page events and things like that, like some of our, we have a, a global airline as an example, and they want the way their website is built where it, it's in-page and essentially what they want to capture is not just what you're clicking on and what you're mousing over, but what flight options you've seen, right? Okay which ones are presented to you. We call that experiential data in addition to the behavioral data. So in that case, you modify the, the tag slightly, right? But in general, it's designed to be very lightweight, collect everything once. And that's actually a really nice feature too because what we've seen is a lot of our customers um, who are used to traditional web web uh, collection capability, um, they if they don't tag for something, then they can't test or measure it, right? Celebris is actually capturing everything, right, That um, on any of the pages that you choose to let it track. So you can always even go back in time and, and say, what, what would have happened if we would have, you know, done something else? We can go back and back test, essentially. Okay, so you've got, so you've got this data ingestion framework mm -hmm. that allows you to get data that is about an experience and about an activity on a web, right, or like you said, in a device like an ATM or something like that. So then I've collected the data, but then you said one of the things you do is you bring the data into something for like you're creating and you're, are you indexing the data yes. every time it comes So in? the next okay. thing that happens after we collect the data, which can be done either on premise inside a firewall or in the, in the cloud. Mm -hmm. And um, then we transform that data. So then the next layer down is a transformation server, right? And that's where, um, if you think about all the raw data flowing in, it's a lot of data, yeah. right? And so what we do is we have an out-of-the-box library of different events, so a click, Okay. Uh, you know, um, a form uh, submission, right? Yep. Things like that. You can create your own custom events or triggers as well. So then that's where that transformation layer converts those into actionable events. Okay. It maybe adds in some other data that we talked about before. Like yeah. um, retailers like to be able to bring in weather data, for example, to understand, okay, what's the weather like where this person is, yeah. you know, accessing our, our website from, okay. right? So, um, and then ultimately, 
once that transformation occurs, you have these profiles, right? And then um, that can then be fed into a number of different things. It can be fed directly to decision engines for um, real-time personalization and delivery. Um, it also lands in our data model. So Celebris, unlike a lot of other products, comes with a data model with approximately 75 tables out of the box. You can also um, add to that and, and enhance that because it's an open data model, can be deployed in Hadoop, um, as well as um, traditional uh, uh, commercial data warehouse uh, flavors like Oracle, Teradata. Okay. So you're taking and you're creating basically an index that has a bunch of metadata right. about the data. Now, are you, you said, you know, you said it's in the cloud, it's a transformation server, the output can you said Hadoop, but is it? Is there some other way that people consume that data, or that where they write it to, besides just sending out to, like Hadoop? Um, they can write it to Hadoop to a commercial data database. They can also just stream it into um, directly into their decisioning engines. Um, yeah. So onto an enterprise bus, as an example, a lot yep. of our large banks do that, right? Yep. Because ultimately, that bus is what's you know orchestrating between you know the different engines that they have in there for things like marketing or fraud or other okay. things. So how scalable is this thing? Like, is it because there's a lot there's a lot of indexing tools out there, plenty of data collection tools. It, the the thing that's in vogue right now is if you build one that and you want anybody to use, it needs to be very horizontally scalable. Is that something that Celebrus just can can claim? Yeah, uh, we can. So we're currently deployed, just as an example, um, on one of the uh, largest uh, global banks has deployed Celebrus in 26 countries now, right? So um, uh, their home country and then... 25 others, so it scales out that way. We also have um, a large uh, website in Japan um, that's used um, kind of like uh, in Amazon.com almost in Japan, right? That actually has more transactions flowing through or what we call um, uh, sessions, right, mm -hmm. on a monthly basis than even that bank. So, okay. Ben, it, and as you can, as you as you could see, you know, based on the sweet spot of Celebris, right, we tend to be in very large enterprises. Um, and so it's proven its scalability over the years. The other thing, though, I think you bring up is a very good point. So I've been working with Celebris for, for a long time. And one of the, the key issues with adoption in the past was the fact that it was capturing so much data yeah. and you needed so much compute power to do it, right? For sure. But frankly, with the way that, uh, you know, Dell EMC has come from with, from a technology perspective now, right? Compute, it, it's a lot, you can do more with, with compute, right? It's cheaper. You can also store things a lot more efficiently and, yeah. and cheaply. So, so how fast you, you're, you're talking about, Hey, you know, you're on the website mm -hmm. and you're able to see what's going on. You track the events and you're indexing it. How fast is real time? So like your customers, I mean, are they able to see it, you know, essentially within milliseconds, milliseconds. or seconds? Yeah. That's millisecond. Wow. And you know what? And obviously though, there's a price to performance ratio. So oh, we, have sure. a, we have a batch flavor. No, it should be free yeah. for it to be as fast as possible. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what, what they say. You, you can have good, fast and cheap pick two or good, fast or cheap. You get to pick two. Yeah, I can tell them they can only pick two. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Learn something new every day. That's right. So, so I'm interested because this is this is kind of like this space, this whole idea of event. Like these are it's clicks, but it's also a lot of machine generated data and event logs. How how do so how does somebody take? I've, I've created this index. I've got all this metadata. What do I build on top? Like, what do I do with all that data in terms of actually pushing it back into a use case? So that's where the the two key use cases for Celebris are on the analytics side okay. and on the decisioning side, okay. right? So, and if you think about it from an analytics perspective, you don't need real time, right? right. Um, but on the, the decisioning side, you do. Yeah. 
So, but going, starting with the analytics side, um, what we're seeing a lot of our customers do in the past, they were using it to power reports. So what, what's happening or what happened, yeah, right? Descriptive. Yes. About what Versus now being more predictive, right? And some of the traditional predictive modeling, even linear and logistic regression can still make banks a lot of money as an example, right? But now we are seeing customers, they leverage this and, you know, it's a, a good topic for this podcast because, you know, you're talking about big data here. Mm-hmm. What we think of Celebris is delivering better data because it's big, but it actually is very, it's better in that it's very specific to the individual. And they are using that now to power their AI and deep learning algorithms. Because those things just want tons of data. Right. And actually some of our best use cases and and customer uh, successes have come from the analytics side of the house because basically they're able to build way better models because we're giving them way better data. Yeah, so that's interesting because one of the things that we, you know, we've talked to a bunch of bunch of technologists, but we've talked to some data scientists and folks in this podcast and just in the, in the industry. One of the things that they spend an inordinate amount of time on is the data wrangling and cleansing of data. So you're saying the platform actually delivers data that's already in a usable format, not just this raw... In that data model. Oh, in a data model. Okay, yes. brilliant. So, so I have to assume that the growth or I guess the, the popularity in machine learning and this idea of building al- algorithms, that has to be one of the like the big drivers for people adopting this platform. That's right. That and the individual level uh, of decision-making that, that customers are coming to expect, right? Okay. Yep. Interesting. So decision support is obviously cool. It actually makes me think of the one of my favorite quotes in, in like uh, around big data at, at a higher level was uh, Paul Moretz, chairman of uh, Pivotal. He said, our goal, this is like two years ago or three years ago at a conference. He said, our goal in big data is to catch someone or something in the act of doing something and affect the outcome. That's what Celebris does. That's pretty cool. That's, that's pretty solid. Okay, so now, so I build these models. So you must make it, you must make it possible that if, I've, if I have this new data model, I can push it, you did say, into Hadoop but is there, and databases. Are there other technologies that like or partnerships that you're building in that consumption space that are interesting? It's a good question too. So um, out of the box, Celebris comes with a number of connectors. So we yeah. talked about some of the an- I would call them analytics connectors because typically we're feeding Hadoop or um, you know Hive tables or um, a, a commercial database vendor like Oracle for the analytics side, right? Yeah. The analytics call that the the AI and the reporting. But then we also have um, connectors for the real time piece. So with companies like like SaaS for real time decision management, PEGA, um, as well as Teradata, right? And so, um, and then the other thing is, is we have customers now that maybe say we don't want to use one of those decisioning engines. We already have something else. Maybe even we've built one of our own using open source. Well, you can take that data and, as I mentioned before, put it on an enterprise services bus and make it available directly from Celebris so you can power those real-time decisions. We're seeing our customers do more and more with that. So, I mean, it's not necessarily a fully open platform obviously there's some secret yeah. sauce right yeah. to the collection yeah. but the the power of the platform is you own that data you yeah. can do what you want with it and it lives inside of your firewall if you want it to or in your own private cloud right okay so not to get too much of the secret sauce out but i'm curious like under the covers is this thing built on open source technologies? Is it built on proprietary? Okay. Yeah, yeah, and it's been in the marketplace for a number of years. So okay. It actually, where it really took off was in um, government and security. Those were some of the main first use cases. Really? Yes. And then um, the the former CEO of Celebris tells the story better than I do. You should have him on here sometime. Okay. Simon's great. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's a better interview than I am. Too. Oh, you're doing good. But, <laughs> but uh, anyway, and he's got a great British accent. So, oh, you know, that's automatically sounds smarter. Yes. We'll let Chris talk in a minute, and we'll find out how much smarter he sounds. <laughs> but anyway, he said um, they were doing a lot of work in government, and then he was, I forget, he was at a conference or something, and somebody said, wow, you should really talk to some marketing people about this, right? It, it makes a lot of sense for them to be able to use this to, to better message, you know, provide better messaging to their customers. Yeah. So, okay, so it's so it's kind of proprietary, but scale out been around for a while. What what are you like what are you talking to customers about in terms of use cases of the most popular like easy business use cases for you besides just like the high level analytics decision support? Is there a an industry that you love and that you win all the time in besides obviously government we talk yeah we we win uh financial services because of the security protocols that they have requiring on-premise deployments right also the fact that they have a lot of customers and so they recognize the value of being able to talk to each one of them individually they've developed mobile apps and they're trying to do more than just um basic things in the mobile app right and so those are our powerful messages retail is another one where um, we've had some success with uh, a number of retailers, um, global retailers, and uh, same types of things um, where they, again, they just want to speak to their customers individually. Uh, a couple of use cases where companies have completely eliminated their direct mail and their paper catalog and gone to all digital. And um, by deploying Celebris and reducing those um uh, those costs from all of the, the catalog production and direct mail and such. They're, um, they've gone on record, and we have a number of customer case studies on our site, but they've gone on record as saying that they're um, earning $50 million more per year. And that's wow. per year, not just one time, right? That's a pretty significant ROI. It that's is. Pretty good. We have some good good customer uh, case studies. No, I like that. I like the, the idea of it powering this, this concept of digital transformation because sometimes it's hard to make the jump from no, I get it. It's big data and it's cool and everybody wants to talk about it or it's machine learning. And it's a, but to actually be able to translate that to by having better data that can feed systems better, that can, that can maybe change the way we approach our customers, it has real downstream impact. Right. It's very, very cool. I love to hear that. We've learned a lot from our guests about big data, but now it's time to get a bit personal. In a segment we like to call Rapid Fire. Pew, pew. So hey, I, obviously we got some. We got the band kicking off in the background. So rapid fire question number one: What year do you think Skynet will go online? <laughs> two thousand twenty. Two thousand twenty. Not too far around the corner. Chris, what about you? I I, I would like to think a little bit longer. Let, let's push it out to twenty thirty. Twenty thirty. Okay. Uh, what's the last really good book that you read? A book called The Click Moment, which looks about how you can try to try to leverage luck within business. It, it, it talks about a lot of startups. It talks about you know what, why did guys like Netflix win a blockbuster fail, transforming. It's a great book. Actually, I thought of it. It's Janesville, an American story. Okay. It's about um, how a town in Wisconsin lost their GM plant and then they thought that um, a lot of people thought that retraining all of the workers would actually empower them to have jobs in the new digital age and uh, frankly it had mixed results. Oh, so, interesting. Very yeah. cool. 
All right, so besides the, the music that's being piped to the attendees of the conference, what genre of music are you currently listening to these days? All country, and in fact, you made me think of uh, Drive-By Truckers, one of my favorite bands who I think are Alabama-based. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. big fan of Jason Isbell. Yes, I am. Song. Yes, I see him in Chicago every time they come up there, and Jason as well. Ravinia? Yeah, uh, well, if you can get tickets. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Chris, what about you? What are you listening to these days? You know what? I, I like a bit of everything. I, 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 was, I share my Spotify playlist with you yesterday. So yeah, I know. So we were asking a, that on Twitter. I was real, I literally had to sit down and go back and forth. I It's like funk and, funk and disco and boogie. And, that yeah, sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. Literally, our awesome powers. It's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, what piece of technology is actually currently making your life worse? Mm. Oh, oh. Um, Roomba. Roomba? <laughs> Did you do the dog thing? Yeah, we tried We tried Roomba with our dog, right? Because we have this uh, lab mix who sheds more than any dog ever on yeah. the planet, right? And uh, so we thought Roomba, but, you know, the tank is super tiny. It, yeah. it can't keep up with Elwood, that's for sure. That's terrible. What about you, Chris? You know what? It's, it, it's a hot... I mean, I think... I think the piece of technology or software, should I say, which always frustrates me the most is email, where you just get, you spend your whole life getting bogged down in crap. Like we kind of, we forget how to pick up the phone and talk to each other, and I'm all for it. So, all right, so yeah. email is a giant suck festival. I couldn't agree with more. All right, look, what's your, per, your, your largest personal money pit right now? My house. Your house? Okay, makes sense. Chris? Uh, my personal money pit? Jesus, probably my son because I love to sport. And, and he's super young, so I'm still in the honeymoon phase. That's yeah. awesome. All right, uh, are you going anywhere interesting soon? Um, um no. Yeah. All right, that's good. It's going home. That's the best place. Yeah. Right? I'm going to Atlanta, Georgia, for the first time next week, so I'm super excited. About All right, not too far from us in Birmingham. That's good. Yeah. All right, so last question: What show or Netflix series are you currently binging on? Barry. Barry. Okay, I don't know what, what is that. Barry is the um, one about the hitman. Um, he's the ex-marine, and now he's a hitman. And he went out to L.A. and he was going to do a hit, and uh, ultimately he got hooked into an acting class. And uh, it's a fascinating show on HBO. Wow. And in okay. fact, um, the, the main guy looks a little like me. I've been told that. Before. All right. But Bill Hater. Oh, Bill Hater. Yeah. yeah. I like Bill Hader. <laughs> That's awesome. Anyway, I recommend. Highly recommend Barry. It, you do have a striking resemblance to Bill Hater. Thank you. I'll, I'll take I'll take that. <laughs> That is a compliment. My favorite is his, his. My favorite Bill Hader is the commercials he did a couple years ago, where he's got the the broken phone screen and he's like walking around with the bloody fingers. <laughs> yes, I love that guy. I can't right. believe we booked Bill Hader on the show. I know it's no. incredible. Thank you, booking agents. <laughs> Chris Belsey, what show are you watching these days, uh, brother? I've literally at last just caught up on the last season of Better Call Saul, so that was my binge on the, on the plane on the way over. Excellent. Well, I do want to say thank you so much. Sorry for the noise here at the end, but it's been super great to talk to you. It's really interesting to hear the the Celebrate State of Platform. It's really empowering digital transformation by making it easier for organizations to get good data into systems that they can help support decision-making and those analytics environments. So thank you so much, Luke, for spending time with us. Thank you. It was fun. I'll try to grow a beard next time I come oh, back. Oh, we'll, 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 make you, we'll make you look real nice with that beard. Get some beard products. Give me, give me a few years. It's going to take that long. All right. We can't <laughs> wait. You know, you could, you know, you could do you could do a machine learning mustache. We'll let you do that. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. All right, Chris, thanks so much for being on. Thanks we appreciate it, Tom. Y'all have a great time with the show. If you're listening to this podcast, chances are you like big data and you like to learn. Well, we do too. 
and that's why we've partnered with O'Reilly Media. As a community partner for their incredible Strata Data and Artificial Intelligence conferences that are taking place around the world. If you would like a 20% discount on these conferences, simply use the promo code PCBEARD at checkout, or you can click the link in our show notes. For more information, check out bigdatabeard.com. 